Hello and welcome to the Keen on Things podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Keen. Oh yeah, coming out firing. I'm in a garage in Chandler, Arizona. Where are you? Help. May Day. May Day. May Day in December. December Day. It's December 1st. I'm coming at you on a Tuesday morning um, for a Monday release the previous day. Thanks for joining me, guys. Uh, it's great to be here. Um, I used to be so nervous doing these. How weird is that? But you just keep doing trial and error. You keep doing trial and error. You keep doing trial and error. And uh, whatever it is, and you get better at it, or you suck less, or you're at least more comfortable doing it. None of those things apply to me doing stand-up comedy, though. Uh, episode 37. I'm 37, 37 episodes in with zero idea of what works. There might be an echo since I'm in a garage. I'm in a bunker. But uh, you don't know it works, but you keep going, right? Somehow, some way. I keep coming up with podcast episodes every single week. Zero idea of who does and doesn't see this. I know who doesn't see it. Everyone. Um, I wouldn't even have a clue. If someone wanted to advertise for some reason on this podcast, I wouldn't know what to do. I'd recommend them to a psychiatric hotline. I'd be like, do you want to lose money? Um, so yeah, I came to Blue, Arizona. I still can't believe the state went blue for Thanksgiving. And I'm leaving today. I'm going back to... Uh, City of Angels, Los Angeles. Uh, I drove. I didn't fly. So calm down, you millions. Stopped for gas once because I'm in a car that doesn't require as much. Got a bottle of water, a cherry-flavored shake, which I will do on the way back. Snort into the... Uh, from Foster Freeze in Chiriaco Summit across from the George Patton Museum. I didn't breathe on anyone or get breathed on. We did a social distance Thanksgiving dinner with my family in the backyard. Um, nobody got sick. Everybody's good. So, yeah. Um, Foster Freeze. Chiriaco Summit. About halfway through. I think that's uh, in East California. Or, or, or is it Arizona at that point? I think Chiriaco is, uh, is deep California. Yeah, it's just past. It's just east of Coachella. The Foster Freeze. We had a Tasty Freeze in southern Michigan where I lived as a kid in the 80s. And it burnt down, I think, the summer of 84. It burnt down. Did it burn down? I mean, or did it just burn? Because I think I remember the structure still being there. Functionality burned down, figuratively. But um, I think the structure was still standing. The Foster Freeze. It was a tasty freeze. And I remember that being like so symbolic of the summer because we were going to leave and head back to California and live in California. And I was sad because I loved that house in Michigan. And uh, I'm sorry. Do I have cat allergies with my microphone? Was my microphone being used by a cat? I'm like sneezing weird. and My nose is running. I think it's because I trimmed my nose hair uh, last night. And, um, you know, the hair, the fault, the, the hair, the philia in your nose blocks a lot of bacteria and stuff. And now, uh, this happens every time, but anyways, it was social distance Thanksgiving. It was good. It was good to see family and that foster freeze did burn down in the eighties. And it was symbolic cause we were leaving like a couple months later and it just felt like the end of an era, you know? Um, <clears throat> anyway, way to handle two different topics simultaneously. So I didn't get on a plane. I didn't go through an airport. All good. 
anything is better than being in LA right now. It's just for me, I don't know how it is for other people there. I just never jived with it, even though I'm there 20 years and I'm a fan of the teams and stuff. And I know the city as well as anyone. Uh, I can't handle the no money coming in, the low morale, the Nazism on behavior and mask wearing, which I'm, I wear as, you know, as diligently, uh, as anyone, I just don't correct people or judge them if they're not too much. Um, small businesses being closed down, you know, restaurants who they can't even have the sidewalk patio situation going, the fear, the paranoia. I don't know if in warm weather cities, there's more or less, uh, There's more or less of more or less of spike for communities that act carelessly versus being paranoid. You know what I mean? <clears throat> Orange County is wide open. Are they spiking more? I I think I think I'd rather risk it and live in Orange County or Arizona right now and be positive than live in LA around people who are overly careful and negative to begin with. Um and by saying that, I don't think I, I wouldn't be less diligent in Orange County or Arizona. I'd still wear the mask. I just can't handle the zombie personalities of L.A. anymore. You know, the stores, the paranoia, the negative talk. You know, it's a very so many people are artistic. So many people are, you know, dreamers and and it's already kind of bipolar or very emotional people. And the egos are huge and you throw this pandemic on them and it just becomes this, this zombie apocalypse and I just can't do it, man. So I, I try to spend as little time in LA now as I can. Um, I don't know what the LA actor musician comedy scene is doing right now. It's like this militant. We just want to be in a bad mood. <clears throat> we just want to be in, in a bad mood vibe. You know, I wear the mask. I don't go to crowded places. But if the country's not going to fund us for staying home, then I want to be out there making money, whether it's driving Uber, which I haven't done in a long time. But I want to do something for money. I want the gyms to be partially opened or at least socially distanced. I don't think those should be completely shut down. I want restaurant patios to be open. You know, not going to do indoor shows. I did a couple. Not going to do those anymore. I don't know that I'd go to a movie theater. I don't know, but you just can't cut everything off like this. It's frustrating. It's like you lose your mind or you lose your body with the sickness. And maybe this is because I haven't witnessed anything firsthand. So maybe I'm biased. I just read that a comic in New York, big guy. Uh, damn, this photo is him at the, uh, stand up New York. Anyway, maybe I'm biased. I, I have, I hope the powers that be <clears throat> don't now throw someone into my life who catches this awfulness or myself. And it's like, oh, okay, you've got all these opinions about it. Here's some, you know, live interaction with it. Um, I just think we get lazy. And it's like, let's just do this blanket policy that's the same in crowded cities as, as it is in small towns or suburbs. It's frustrating and it lowers morale. And that's the last thing LA needs is lower morale. It's just a city that's already on the brink. And um, there's a lot of sadness and there's a lot of casualties from the depression and whatnot, especially for people that are already teetering. All right, I'm a mess. Um, 
We went to Tombstone. My mom and I drove socially distanced yesterday to Tombstone, Arizona, where the movie took place, right? I thought it was outside Tucson. It's beyond Tucson, like another hour. I think an hour and a half, maybe. It's, it's um, no, about an hour. So Phoenix down to Tucson is about an hour, hour 15. And then you go southeast of that toward, obviously, Mexico, toward New Mexico. So Tombstone, the town, is not far. It's kind of in the southeast corner of Arizona. It just it blows my mind. I'm fascinated by how communities developed, how cultures developed. Obviously, there's where were sources of water throughout history. Where did communities and civilizations develop? There's sources of water. In the United States, cattle, right? The salt, the salt. They followed the salt lines. Um, and cattle. And where was where were cattle stations? And the trains then came in. And it's just interesting to me that Tombstone's this small town that was here before Phoenix and Tucson were. But it's still there. But it's small. But these big cities have been created... Uh, not around it, but near it. Um, the movie was excellent, obviously. Um, Kurt Russell, Val Kilmer, those guys. Uh, down past Tucson. Tucson's so far away, it should be called Tucson. Anyway, uh, University of Arizona, home of the Lute Olson and Miles Simon Natty title versus Kentucky in 97. Was that 97? Kentucky won in 96, I believe. Um, against Syracuse. 97 and then 98 they beat my utah utes michael doliak's utah utes whose brother is a good friend of mine from college jason doliak tombstone where the shooting at the okay corral took place by wyatt earp and his family who i think came west southwest from dodge city mile dodge city um great little touristy town if you get a chance it's it's a two and a half hour drive it took us two and a half hours there two and a half hours back and then we spent probably three hours there had lunch walked around went into shops saw part of a show and that's what you do and it's never enough you know i'm going to sneeze in about 10 seconds okay um so we walked around, we did all these things, and that's what you do. And you never cover enough. You go to these towns, you're like, should we go into one more shop? Should we have one more treat, a sweet, an ice cream, a, a um, you know, some kind of touristy paraphernalia? But uh, we didn't. We didn't. We saw, I think, as much as we could. It's winter now almost, um, which is beautiful in southern Arizona. But uh, just a great time. Great little old historic town. It just fascinates me, the history and all that stuff. Um, Bill Paxson was in it. Sam Elliott, they were brothers. And it's way better than the Wyatt Earp with Kevin Costner. Love Costner, but the Wyatt Earp with him and Dennis Quaid and Gene Hackman and, and Michael Madsen was just not the same. Um, Tombstone's such a better title than just calling it Wyatt Earp. But it was symbolic of that time, I think, Um when that movie came out in the 90s, right around the time, it was like early 90s, mid-90s. Like Wyatt Earp came out at the same time Tombstone came out. Deep Impact came out at the same time Armageddon came out. Same same movies. Ants came out at the same time Bugs Life came out. It's like, come on, guys. Can we get a little, you know, original here? Um, but uh, going down there, you got to see these places around America, around wherever. You know, you, you, I, I love 
seeing the historic parts. It's something that Orange County, where I grew up, I'd like to see more of. You know, the Knott's Berry Farm, the Buena Park, the uh, San Juan Capistrano, the San- downtown Santa Ana's got some cool spots, Laguna Beach, Newport, I don't know. Newport's kind of gotten away from that. Mission Viejo, where I grew up, and Laguna Niguel definitely has, I think, zero freaking, you know, doff of the cap to history. Um, you know, these main, these shops, these, these, these places need to be, you know, landmarks for a community, for a society. Let's not just put buildings and cement on top of old buildings and cement. Let's plant some more orange trees, which if you plant orange trees in, uh, Mission in Orange County, you can be you can write it off as like I don't know it can be a write off like an agricultural situation like look what I'm doing for nature or I'm on a ranch or farm I don't know. Okay, um, so where are we? Anyway, it's great to see the fam, right? It's great to see we're halfway through this. Jesus, uh, great to see the fam. I was down a little bit this past week. I'm going to go um, because of my friend's wife, right? My friend. We lost her last week. We lost her about a week and a half ago now. So I was a little bit down last week. I'm a little bit up so far today and tomorrow. I'm going to try to go by there tonight uh, in Orange County. My friend Leslie, my friend's wife, my friend Duke, his wife Leslie. I still don't know the details. What difference does it make if she's gone, you know, at a young age, in her 40s, uh, mother of two teenage boys? What What do I need to know, right? Some people are like, what are the details? I'm like, it doesn't matter to me. I don't know. It's She's gone, and that's hard. Reasons, I, I don't know that those matter. They probably matter to people closer to the situation. Um, but leaves behind a husband, my buddy, Duke, and two teenage sons. It just sticks in my gut. You know, she had a thriving YouTube page, Fight Master Yoga, um, that was making them money and had a lot of uh, yoga followers. I was one. Uh, you know, and would do yoga, watching her time to time online from wherever I was, even, you know, Canada, throughout America from my hotel room. I'd do it. Uh, She was very accessible. She was very pleasant. Uh, It got a lot of followers. She wasn't like cold hearted, wasn't wicked. Um, People loved her and should just had a subtle way about her, you know, with the teaching of the yoga. She was a rock star back in the nineties with Duke. They were in her band. Um, and just, just a very accessible way of presenting her lessons, you know, less was more type thing. Less Leslie, less is more. Um, I haven't spoken to Duke in a week since I was there and, uh, I sent some texts. I threw down, if you, if you can, if you're getting this or listening, you can go to his, um, page, his, uh, I'll pull it up right now, his, uh, Facebook page. And if you want to give money, if you can give money to um, the cause, to the Duke Fightmaster family, that would be unbelievable. Um, my friend Maria did it. She didn't even know Duke and Leslie, but she she threw down some money, which is just amazing. Um, let's see. So yeah, it's a fun. Ma- it's a GoFundMe. It's called the Fightmaster Fund. TFF. The Fightmaster is his last name. F-I-G-H-T, Master, just like it sounds, the Fight Master Fund, organized by Friends of Duke Fight Master. And uh, it's, um, I just saw that Amy Boxer shared it as well. Okay. Um, so it's a GoFundMe Duke Fight Master and contribute what you can, 5, 10, 20 more if you can, uh, to a family that is in need of it for sure. Um, 
but uh again just brutal just brutal okay we're <coughs> excuse me okay i'm dying right now um so many things right not only the loss but but how he will make money for his family going forward um duke you know the twit i did i used to do this week in tweets and uh, it was me in a sport coat corduroy brown with no shirt and duke shot that and edited that and uh yeah that's my guy and people always ask when do you still do those um kind of because he got he got slammed um over the years with her page and, and busy good slammed they got busy and they were able to travel the world and do yoga from different places around the world which is just great for them and the kids and filming those things and i know duke from high school originally he played football for a couple years and he was good he was a maniac and with that name duke Fightmaster, his fans were his parents were fans of john wayne and he already had the name Fightmaster. crazy to do both those together maybe tim Fightmaster or billy Fightmaster. But to go Duke, fight math, that's a, that's a crazy one-two punch. Uh, then we were on student council in high school together. He was a year behind me. He was class of 92. And uh, he was a year behind me and just always shenanigans. Um, and we did, uh, we went to uh, student council camps together at Santa Barbara. And then at the hotel there in, uh, at the Sheraton by the LAX, it was called, uh, what was it called? cask california association of student councils it was amazing student councils from all over california would come it was it was as good a time you could have sober in your entire life um duke was in bands over the years he was in a band part of a band called stranger that was great with him and uh, tommy casey and that whole crew tommy casey was an insane drummer and very funny person he was also in a band called sleepy hollow that skewed older like he was 15 or 16 in that band they were all in their 20s from what i remember and then that evolved kind of into stranger and they would travel and they all went to santa cruz to college um and then i reconnected with duke in so i, I lost him for a little while but i reconnected with him this is kind of a funny story uh, he he was living in san francisco when we were in the late 70s dave joe lou and i and dave ran into him and Duke gave Dave, my friend, a copy of his album. They were the Deacons or something. And uh, he gave a copy of that album, a couple copies, one, two, two or three. And then Dave gave me a copy. And I was about to leave for Korea. So I'm in Korea. I go to Korea. I take this album with me to Korea. And I'm in Korea with Duke's album. And uh, it was just hilarious because I, I have like five CDs. This is 1999. I'm teaching English at a college in Korea. And I've got like the Beatles' greatest hits, you know, Elvis' greatest hits, you know, um, some, some uh, you know, ABC stuff, you know, fun stuff for the kids to learn. And then I've got Duke's Deacons CD. And I'd play that for the kids and, you know, I'd type out the lyrics and then I'd have words missing. And they would, we'd keep listening to the song over and over and over, and they have to insert the words. And then at the end, we kind of sing it. And Duke's uh, CD was one of those. It's kind of crazy. Anyway, um, that was in about 97, obviously. Then about 10 years later. So, you know, then I moved to L.A. in 2000. I don't really see him very much. I think they're still traveling with the band. And then uh, in 07, I see him at, at our friend Al Prita, Mark Prita, Mrs. Prita's funeral. I run into Duke. We talk. He tells me he's starting to get into comedy. And I think I had just done the late night show, the late, late show. 
And he's like, oh, okay. And we talked and collaborated on some things and shot some silly videos over the years and posted them online. And he did twit. Uh, and then I think he was going to replace Conan. I think that was his, uh, his, his, and he, he was on NPR or this American life or something crazy like that. And, uh, yeah, that didn't happen obviously for a variety of reasons. Um, you know, online entertainment became bigger. TV entertainment became kind of smaller, less genuine. Conan left NBC, uh, for TBS. And now Conan is actually leaving completely. He's retiring. So anyway, uh, rest in peace to Leslie. And uh, I'll be checking on your family throughout uh, the process. Probably go down there. I think when people lose someone, you know, there's a lot of momentum at first. Naturally, people calling, people texting, emailing, checking in on you, sending food, sending money uh, to you and your family to help get by, to help get through. But it's the aftermath, right? It's, uh, you know, the weeks that follow, months that follow, that first year or two that follow uh, is something is where you're really going to be needed. So sometimes it's like, oh, I got I to gotta get it in there before, you know, the expiration date on grieving and condolences, there isn't one, right? So um, that's hopefully where I can come to play more because I've been gone for the last couple of weeks. And the holiday season is going to probably be rough on the entire family. Um but a great girl and a great time on the planet and she'll be missed. And hopefully the boys will be looked after and Duke too. I think he's a good dude and I think it'll be fine. And they have a very good support group. I was with him and some of his friends uh, a week and a half ago. They have a very, very good support group uh, down there in St. Clemente. Um, <coughs> that takes me to Conan O'Brien retiring. It's a different time, man. I mean, he was huge, obviously. In the 90s, New York, it was fun. Uh, he was great. He was a writer on SNL. He was a writer at Groundlings. He was a writer on The Simpsons, all these things. And uh, for these talk show hosts, these late-night talk show hosts, these network late-night talk show hosts in COVID, you know, operating just from their rooms or desks or offices or empty theaters or whatever, empty venues, there's no bells and whistles, and it's noticeable. And those guys are really exposed. Uh, it's not like Marin or Rogan who can open their brains up and you can see inside. Uh, maybe Conan will now focus on that with his podcast that's up and running. I think it'll be great if, if he decides to focus on that. You know, he and Letterman and those guys were always better interviewers than the other, you know, hype guys um, on the late night talk show circuit. So, And Letterman was like, I'm out of here. You know, Leno stayed in because he doesn't really do He doesn't focus on the interview anyway. He just has a guest on and, and it's just talking. But uh, Letterman will focus on the interview. And that's why if you've seen his uh, Netflix show where he interviews people one-on-one, -on -one, it's just fantastic. He just went to Yellow Springs, Ohio, where Dave Chappelle's from and did one with him. And maybe that's the direction Conan will go because he is a great interviewer and he is a great talent. And I don't think he's going to go away. Uh, he's just retiring from that show, from that format. Maybe he'll focus on the podcast. He can do that. He's very talented. He can go in a lot of those directions. Colbert, we'll see what he does um, and, uh, and so on and so forth. I wanted to get on that show for Conan for years. Uh, I knew writers. I knew comics that were on it. I submitted as a writer. It didn't happen. Submitted as a comic. Never made the cut. Wanted that credit, wanted to be on Conan. And they were, you know, on YouTube for the world to see a lot, which wasn't always the case. Sometimes you, you got on a late night show and it wasn't 
uh, released to YouTube or you couldn't always find it. But uh, Conan uh, O'Brien Coco or whatever, they did a good job of having those clips available. And it was a nice credit to have, especially when the show was in New York. When it came to L.A., it was a little different. Um, and who knows? I wasn't uh, everyone. Every comic wanted to get on. And maybe the bookers know something that you don't. And I know Conan, especially in recent years, they didn't really have multiple appearances. Uh, Chad Daniels was an exception. I think Mary Mack, um, John again, some of those guys, Mark Norman, maybe, but maybe the bookers know something you don't. And when they don't book you, uh, either you're too old or not original enough or not funny, who knows? Um, but, uh, I didn't get on there, wanted to, and you just move on. The game shifts again. Trebek. Isn't it crazy that Trebek and, uh, Sean Connery died around the same time after those SNL sketches. Um, but I went to Conan a few times. Uh, okay, what do you got? 25 minutes. Okay. I went a few times uh, to watch Chad Daniels. He was on. Mary Mack. Gary Cannon did warm up for the audience. He was great. They all did great. Multiple appearances for those guys. Um, yeah. Conan's funny. Can transition. I don't know uh, that a lot of the other hosts can transition without the bells and whistles. Um I don't know that they can go to a podcast format like Conan will be able to do if he chooses. Um, my sister met him once and they were in a hotel somewhere. <laughs> that doesn't sound right. They were walking through a hotel lobby with my sister and her little red haired daughter. And uh, I think my sister smiled. She likes him. She, she always liked him and uh, she's married, but she, uh, she like nodded or something, holding a little redhead Kira baby who has young and pronounced red hair. And I think Conan like pointed or something like smiling at the red hair. That's the feeling that was conveyed. Anyway, look, viewership for late night has gone down so much in the last 20 years. Anyway, you know, I remember being in, um, in 1999, being in Korea for a year and, I went to visit the U.S. Army station nearby. They had an army base that's near there. And it was on the island of Jeju-do, Korea. And it was in the middle of the day. But Letterman came on. Okay, I don't know if it was a time difference, if it was a re replay, a replay, a rerun. And I remember thinking, oh, they still do the late night television thing? Like, you know, you're out of college, you're having fun. You know, that's still a thing. I was in mid-20s, so I was more about having fun and such and exploring and experimenting and then cut to a year later and I started stand-up and I was striving to be on late night and it took six or seven years to get that first shot but uh, I don't know it's also strange I guess I need to th change my thinking too it's also beautiful the different journeys and such we take you know in and out of each other's lives I'm trying to spend less time with people who don't believe that you know who don't rise above it who aren't enjoying the ride enjoy the ride Okay. Um, but it was just funny to, to be like, oh, it's so foreign to me that like, I loved it in high school, kind of the late night stuff. And then in college and beyond, you get away from it. And then in my late twenties, I'm like, wait, I'm going to do stand up, And then you're kind of back on the scene, you know, and, uh, working on different shows and stuff like that. But, uh, very fun. Um, he's got a lot of money. He's got plenty of money. He's not going anywhere. It's just the whole thing's changing. I think he did get screwed by NBC, but you've got to move beyond that. I think he is moving beyond that. Um, let's hope so. I did Lenny Schmidt's podcast last night. Great guy from Chicago. Talked about the Palm Springs adventure. Um, 
and it was fun. It was good to connect with the comic, even though it's uh, you know online, far away from each other. Who knows where that goes? Okay, and now we've reached the end of the episode where I cover uh, Patrick Keene's tweets of the week. And yeah, these are what I these are these are my brain my brain regurgitations. Regurgitations or just regurgitations? On Monday, I tweeted. I saw James Woods on 9/11 in 2001, the original 9/11. It was at the Borders bookstore that was on La Cienega and 3rd in Los Angeles, West L.A. I always wish this got me further. You know, because it's like such an identifiable day. It's such an identifiable day. And um, it was just crazy that I saw him. And then he went on to play Giuliani in a movie. That's weird. And I remember him talking to a store employee. I wonder if he was like harassing the store employee. Like, I knew this was coming. I knew this was coming. But uh, so curious. My boss had sent me there to pick up a book. Um, Very strange times. Very strange day. On Tuesday, I tweeted, stop complaining. We all know 2019 was just like this. (laughs) Right? Not even close. On Wednesday, I tweeted, turning down so many movie roles in my my life really cost me. Right? (laughs) An airplane is landing on my bunker. I'm being taken away. On Thursday, I tweeted, if China messes with us again, we should threaten to put them in the dishwasher. Right, so that was on Thanksgiving. If China messes with us again, we should threaten to put because you're not supposed to put China in the dishwasher. That's the joke there. And on Friday, I tweeted, "The Groundlings needs their own wig and mustache company." Isn't that funny? The Groundlings needs their own wig and mustache company because you need so many if you're going to make it through there with the disguises and the characters you play. Anyway, that was patrick keen's tweets of the week thanks for making it through this episode with me um this is kind of thrown together uh because uh, i've been all over the place emotionally physically geographically uh over the past week and uh and the dryness is definitely gotten to me this morning and i'm running around trying to get this out and i think this podcast is going to come out every tuesday let's just be realistic right uh, next week, I'll be podcasting, and maybe, I don't know, we'll talk about the NFL, Christmas prep, stuff like that, and uh, I'm going to get back on mascots a little bit. I've gotten some good feedback on the, the that, so uh, I'm going to focus um, on that and Fan Center. I just, I really want to dress up, you know, like a 1970s sportscaster in the uh, ABC Wild Worlds of Sports coat and uh, Monday Night Football. I just I, and I just don't smoke cigarettes, but I'd like to get into that maybe. I found a pack on a walk, and I brought the pack back to my room. What am I talking about? Thanks for listening. Keen on Things Podcast. Please subscribe if you can at no cost to you. And follow me, Keen uh, of Comedy, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. Got to post more of those this week. Thanks for joining. Have a good uh, post-Thanksgiving week uh, as we lead into holidays. And uh, take care of yourselves, all right? Check in, check out, all that stuff. Love you. Thanks.